Are you ready? Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode and edition of the Art Dash Search Podcast with the two hosts with the most. And if we, well, we're only ever watched by ghosts. No wonder there's no subscribers. <laughs> Aaron, how are we getting on this week? I wish I could say good, but I'm still a bit heartbroken. I'm still a bit good after the weekend. I'm not surprised. After what was probably one of the most intense final days of football I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't think I've ever seen a Premier League weekend come down or have relegation and the title decider come down to the final day, including the top four as well. So there's a lot to get into today. And for anyone that is wondering, you shouldn't be, this is definitely going to be a football episode. Yeah, majority of it will. Oh, that's it, you know yourself. And with the Premier League table, it was the first year in like donkey's years where every position could have changed on the last day from fourth all the way down 20th. So... Just shows how tight it all was everywhere, not just the title race, but as you said, all around. Well, that's it, exactly. And as we've seen this year, what did it? It took only 38 points to stay up this year. So the threshold yeah. for staying up wasn't even too high this year. And you can see there was even Southampton. If there was another two games left in this league, they would have been dragged right into the fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, it was a proper roller coaster because obviously I'm a Liverpool fan. There was a lot to play for. And. I was at the match myself. I, I can't speak about it. I'm just, I'm good. I'm heartbroken. I'm still not over. What day is today? Tuesday. It's been two days and it still hasn't settled in. What could have been one of the best days of my life, seeing my team lift the Premier League in person just wasn't meant to be. There's hope there. And as May said, hope is what killed you. Yeah, well, isn't that the fucking truth, man? Isn't that just the truth? But look, there was something good that came out of this day. Uh, well, actually, there was two good things that came out of the final day of the Premier League. First of all, I have to say, big ups to Leeds United. I'm absolutely buzzing they stayed in the Premier League. And the other great thing that happened was, and thank you to my own club, Newcastle United, for being the ones that finally sent Burnley back to where they fucking belong. Thank fuck. They're like a shit version of Atletico Madrid, like, at least we know the... In- Look, you're going to see now next season, I bet you the amount of injuries in games is going to shoot down compared to like the year before. <laughs> yeah. Kicking the legs off everyone there. Yeah. As a neutral, how did you find watching the City or Liverpool game or how did you find the toilet race? So, to be honest, I thought City at a stage were going to run away with it. And over the last, you know, like the, towards the end of the season, it really started to heat up and Genuinely, it, it shows that had you not lost the Spurs or drawn with Spurs, like what could have happened there? Like, and like now, what was it? Did they did City win the league by two points or was it a point? A point, a point. So the draw against Spurs really fucked us. Well, even if, uh, yeah, because they, they had a superior goal difference, so we would have had to beat them on points. Yeah, I've got to tell up there just to have a reference. Well, that's it. Unless, the, other than that, you're going to have to hold for a 6-0 Villa and a 5-5 draw. <laughs> yeah, they're going to play Imagine we could have seen an incredible playoff, like, you know what I mean? And out of two teams, that, that would have been fantastic. But I'm not going to lie to you, I love watching both sides play football, Liverpool and City. I just don't want to watch them play each other again. Honestly, it's just getting a bit much. Like Same way, I don't want to see Liverpool and Chelsea in a final ever again. I don't yeah. have that much time to waste. Yeah, I hate playing against Chelsea. The games are always nil all or like real low scoring. There's always a lot of chances created, but there just never seems to be a lot of goals in it. No, there never does. And even the, cha- uh, what was it, the, uh, what was it, Carlin Cup or Capital One or whatever the fuck they want to call the Mickey Mouse Cup this year. Even in that, there was, what? how many goals were scored? And all of them given offside. Yeah. So, even VAR is against it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, come here, extraordinary end to the season. If you want to tell everyone, like Aaron was both fortunate and unfortunate where he was on Sunday. I'll let you enlighten the people at home. <sighs> it was kind of like the last minute.com thing to go over. We were looking at going over, I think, a few days before we played Southampton. And then that fell through because 
the place sold every spot to one person out of nowhere. So we got fucked over that day and we we're like, oh, it's not meant to be, whatever. And then we found a, w- a website where we, can, where we can get tickets and then end up costing us the same price. So we're like, fuck it, we'll go over. So we booked it, I think it was only what, last week, like last Wednesday, a tour or something. We booked it, like it was so last minute. And I ended up getting tickets for Anfield in the Anfield Road section. And I had to say, the seats there are fucking tiny. I know it's safe standing there, and thank God for that, because I would not be able to sit down in the Anfield Road end. I went two years ago to see us play Southampton in the March or February, and then like a few weeks later, COVID hit. And even then, like the seats were small, but it was, it was bearable. But sitting in the Anfield Road on the last day of the season, atmosphere was unreal. And then to see Villa go 2 nil up and continue to score in a second, you're like, oh, there's a bit of hope, there's a little bit. Be honest, had it instead like that, would he get a tr- would he have gotten a statue outside of Anfield? I would have built it myself, I wish you. <laughs> I would have built it myself. And then, because the reception's so bad in Anfield, like, you see people celebrating, like, oh, what's going on, what's going on? And I was, I didn't want to celebrate until I actually saw it for myself. So there's me taking my phone out, refreshing, refreshing. And as soon as I've seen it, I'm like, there's a bit of hope. Come on. Like, at one end, you're like, oh, that's just a fluke. Do throw it away or see it come back 2 1. Then at 2 0, you're like, right, there's 20 minutes left. They need to score three goals. Hang on. Like, if they score two goals, grand. Fair enough. But I just didn't think to come back and win fucking 3 2. And three goals in five minutes. Hold the fuck on, get an injury, make a sub, waste time, do something, just hang the fuck on. Then I'm sure everyone's seen the clip of the fake chair that went around, or fake uh, news that went around the Villa Montreal. That started down there where I was in the upper Kennedy kind of Leash stand down near the Anfield Road end. I looked up and seen people celebrating, I'm like, nah, nah, sure, nah. And they made me fucking phone going 90, 20 on the live sport and Twitter just to, to confirm it and it just wasn't meant to be. I was actually good from that point on. I like I'd literally like I can't describe it. Like supporting Liverpool all my life and seeing United fucking doing what he done and was finishing eight and getting my hodging and through the heartbreak that I'd grown up with. To have the chance of seeing my team lift the Premier League trophy in person is would have been a once in a lifetime opportunity and have that taken away from me. I don't think I'd be as good if I was watching it on, on telly, but the fact that I was there, it just makes it 10 times worse. No, I understand. And even in the pub I was watching it in, that chat, like that cheer was heard on the TV and the whole pub went, hang on, wait a minute. I think we'll have live score there. And you could see it, like literally. The look of joy turned to sadness and desperation then in the faces of everywhere Liverpool jersey, like in the pub, like. Yeah. And like we've done the tour the next day as well, so it would have been nice to have a bit of like upbeat to a tour and not really have like the champions wall and all these like uh whatever same times you won trophies and all like imagine doing the tour the next day and like see that that's getting changed to twenty and just I thought it was meant to be because the fact that we didn't get tickets and then we got to the last minute, I was like, oh, oh. And the villager told me to look like, oh, oh, go on, go on, Stevie, lad. And then, um, yeah, I'm still absolutely good. I don't think I'll ever get over this. It's one of the hardest things to take. Like, I've been to double matches where they lost semi-finals and whatever, but this just hits the fucking nail on the head. Mm. To have a chance of seeing my team lift the Premier League trophy after coming back from 14 points down or 14, whatever it was, deficit, come back and lose it by a point. And, and then seeing do you ever see the uh, thing of Salah where he scored and he was giving his socks as he's like he's high once the league, and then they're off celebrating. I see another clip like close up from the stand, and Matt's like, What's the score? What's the score? And I was like, Oh, it's 3 2, 3 2. And you see all the players like the heads just they're so disappointed. And then after that, like when Robbo scored the tour, they're just like, yay, cheering. But I have to say, it was one of the best atmospheres I was ever at. And I enjoyed it. But I'm good. Yeah. I remember now, my friend Ian was sitting there drinking with us, and there was four of us there. There was a Chelsea fan, a Liverpool fan, 
an Arsenal fan and myself, the Newcastle fan. When I turned around to Ian, I went, oh, God, man, I feel so bad for you. You only won two trophies so far this year. <laughs> Look, now talking to you right now, I feel a lot worse for you than I did for him on the day. And that's probably the lack of points against us that I have in me right now, you know? <coughs> um, actually, you know what I heard, right? I think this makes a lot of sense. I love Guinness. I love Newcastle United. Guinness is black and white. So are Newcastle. St. James's Park and St. James's Gate. Isn't that a bit of a scary coincidence? And the top of you're wearing black and white. And you can't make it Black up. and white. You can't beat it. And right, I want to ask you this, right? Just to get on to a little bit of happier note. Because you know what? I don't want you to be too sad here. And for any Liverpool fans at home, don't want you to be too sad here. So let's get a bit of heat on me and a bit of heat on my team, right? So... Have you seen the new away kit for Newcastle United for next season? Oh, the new Saudi Arabia kit, that one? Yeah, it's like, Newcastle, is it? oh. it's like Yeah, it's like the Ireland away jersey, is the way I put it. Like, but yeah, like the Saudi like the Saudi jersey. I actually think it's a really nice jersey, and I'm going to be buying it. Yeah, it is nice. Fair. Yeah, well, like, in fairness, right, at least it's not yellow. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I've seen our away one. No, I actually haven't. What's your away one like? Do you know our one from last year, the blue one, that had like a mad design and every jersey was different? No. It was like an army, army kind of jersey, like had mad, a mad I can't describe it. it was oh, was it like blue camouflage? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do remember that one, yeah. It's like that, but it's white, but rather have like camouflage yoke, all the designs just lines. It's, it's really hard to describe it, but um, that's what I dream to be. But I have to say, the price of kits are like it's fucking ridiculous. The price of kits now. Remember, you'd walk into the lifestyle years ago, get a kit for like fucking 50, 60 quid. Yeah, you could be now, a full kit anchor, like. Yeah, and now you're, you have two types of jerseys now. I don't know what the story is for Newcastle, but for Liverpool, there's two types of jerseys. There's a stadium jersey and a. What's the other one called? A Viper fit or Viper jersey. There's two jerseys anyway. One of them is the. The fake jersey and the other ones like the proper player jersey with the proper design and proper details in the jersey. And for the stadium one, the fake one is 90 fucking euro. Over here, it's 90 euro. 90 quid for a jersey for a fake one. Like, imagine if you had kids, man, and you were buying them jersey. Like, I wouldn't even imagine that they even they, they even deducted a bit of price off it for the kids' jerseys because they know people are going to buy jerseys for kids. I think a kid That's are 50, 60 quid for a kid's jersey. I don't suppose Newcastle's out there, is it? I don't know how much uh, Newcastle's jerseys are, to be honest. I haven't bought one in a while. But what I would say is um, this year's, this season's season just gone, home jersey was 90 euro. And I went down a website called DHG, bought it for 20 euro. 20 That's fucking it. euro. Why not? DHK for all your knockoff stuff. Oh, I can't I told I was expecting the fucking uh if Mad Crest with Candor starting or something like something spelled arseways or the fucking Adidas sign or something to be off, but like it's a proper jersey. Nice. Yeah, good. It's good standard. Yeah. I even bought the Bows jersey off as well and it has like it's a real jersey for a fraction of the price and I am me bollocks paying 90 euro for a jersey like you, you can get three jerseys on that website for the price of one nah. yeah well there you go look take care take care of business where you want to take it you know yeah i can only imagine how much it was in this club shop i was actually afraid to look i, I seen a jacket there for 70 quid and i was afraid to look at the price of the jersey there but i'm not paying 70 euro for a jersey that's a rip off yeah i don't blame you in the slightest like honestly it's a bit much isn't it that's why I was asking about Newcastle, though, trying to compare them, see, like, is it inflation or is it just Nike or is it uh, the fact that they, they will sell it? I'm trying to compare it. Like, I haven't actually looked up prices of jerseys. I don't know Liverpool, but I know the likes of Dublin and Bowers jerseys, they're like 60, 70 quid. So I'm wondering, is it just Liverpool or is it all Premier League clubs or what story is? Well, you would wonder, in fairness. Honestly, I don't think there's any Newcastle jersey sold over here, so it'll be hard to get a close comparison there. But if you went off the club shop, I'm sure you'd be able to find that information fairly handy. I'll give you one about the ticket that we paid, right? We went to, we done the uh, stadium tour the next day on the Monday, and we were walking through, giving the fellow a ticket. He's like, oh, where are you from? Like, Dublin. I am basically Scouse. 
was a cop. Yeah, basically, yeah. But uh, he goes, oh, he was at the match yesterday and it was only us two at it. And he goes, oh, how much did you pay for a ticket? The three fifty each. He goes, oh, someone paid two grand. Two grand for a ticket? The goes to Liverpool play fucking Wolves. Two grand. <laughs> I thought I was being fucking ripped off at three fifty. Fuck me, Man, two man. grand. I'd want a no look selfie with Bobby Firmino afterwards. Oh, I'd want to be sitting on Klopp's fucking lap. Oh, there you go, exactly. Take a souvenir pair of his glasses home. Like, he actually had a pair of his glasses in the museum <laughs> from the club. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fair play. Like, yeah. But well, I thought 350 was mad. Like, when we went two years ago, I think in total for the hotel, the boat, and a ticket, I think we paid about four or five hundred quid. This trip in total cost 800 quid. Just to go to a match, like mental, isn't it? Shocking. And for that money, five hundred quid, I was looking up. You can go see the F one in Monza for that price. A three day weekend ticket, a hotel and flights for that price. And I we, know where you're going next year. <laughs> fucking Austin, I'll Dutch Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Like, and like I've seen tickets for the Champions League final. Obviously, it's going to be a bit more expensive. They're three and a half upwards. Oh yeah, and a lot of them like it's so it's nearly impossible to get a ticket for the Champions League final if you look at how they're actually distributed because you wait for the side. Oh, actually, you know what? It's not about the fans; it's about our friends. Yeah. Like, and honestly, that's something I think we should actually talk about. To be honest, I'm not supposed, I was actually a lot more surprised that this brought up a lot more often because it's an absolute farce the amount of tickets that are just given away for them and the allocation that both sides get. Like, what is it? It's like twelve percent or something. It's something ridiculously low. Now I could be wrong there, like, and I probably am. But there's a ridiculously low amount of tickets allocated to both sets of fans for that final. So where's the, the atmosphere going to come from? It's in the Stade de France, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah, in Paris, yeah. So the Stade de France capacity is... Oh, 80,000, is it? 81,000. Close enough. And I think the capacity for both sets of fans is less than 20,000, I believe. I think it's about 16 or 19,000 each to get... I believe. Absolutely be ridiculous. Could be about 12, but now it's between 10 and 20 grand. Oh, grand. 1,000 each. Doesn't even look like an 80,000 seer. There you go. I was in it before on a skilled trip, and Shock. that's the biggest screen or something in Europe. <laughs> that's the biggest what? The screen. Oh, I thought you said the biggest ring, and I was like, oh, I didn't oh. know there was a run track around that. <laughs> Yeah, the biggest ring on it, yeah. Um, That's, it must have had a spice bag, didn't it, to start the France? <laughs> yeah, but it is, like, it's like fucking the All-Iron Fund, isn't it? It's all about corporate and your mates and the fucking hospitality and this and that and sponsors. and It's just the way football's going, unfortunately. Well, the way it has been. Um, fucking, yeah, fucking corruption, fucking... Oh, how we're charging for tickets and allocation and just... Having to work up in December of all the months. Yeah, in Qatar. Only after how many people were killed and died building fucking stadiums over there, basically either doing slave labor or getting paid buttons. So I mean, football, what a globally inclusive game. Wow, amazing, isn't it? And they even just informed me today that Love Island's starting soon. That's on for an extended period of time. There's only World Cup to keep me occupied, so my summer's going to be fucking around. There's no, oh my God, no. I'm going to be stuck listening to that show all summer. It's actually, you know, it's a show I've never actually invested any time in. I've never yeah. seen the point in investing any time in. And I used to love a bit of reality TV. I'm a huge fan of the likes of Jordy Shaw when I was oh. younger. I loved Jordy Shaw. Like, even X on the Beach to an extent, right? I thought it was very, very funny. Now, that was only when you knew people that were coming into it. And, like, I just, I don't understand Love Island, right? First of all, Geordie Shore was only really, really funny because the characters and because they were all fucking hammered the whole time, right? Am I right in saying this? You know, this is how it was described to me. In Love Island, are you only allowed like something like a glass of wine today or something? Couldn't tell you. Well, thank fuck you don't know the answer either. I would have disowned you as a friend. <laughs> well, I would call Love Island and just, <laughs> apart from that, I don't know what goes on. Isn't there, wasn't there a thing about that, like, uh, it's really, really a good few people. Well, not a good. I don't like. See, I, I could be talking out of my arse here. I know Caroline Flack done herself in over it, and wasn't there one or two other people that have report, like reported the overstress from either being on the show or online abuse they received from the show? Hopefully, and taking their own life. <laughs> Jesus, man. 
Jesus. Zero for being on that show. Ah, <laughs> uh, hardly. Hardly. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say no more about that. Anyway, we may have to cut that bit out. Fuck that. Back to football. Not talking about fucking Love Island. Fuck that. Yeah, back to football. Are you going to watch the World Cup into te- for this year's World Cup? Um, yeah. If I have time. Like, I know it's going to be on a fucking probably mad hours, but not mad hours, but, but like during the day sort of thing. I think Qatar are four or five hours ahead of us. It's not going to be a thing like we're down at like 10, 1, 4. Remember, what was that? The Euros, was it? Or was that the World Cup? Where you had the Euros. Yeah, they had like four matches on it. That was deadly. Dreamless. That was brilliant. That yeah. was really, really good. Yeah. Remember that working that... from home just on the Euros in the background? Yeah. Fantastic. So, and then England lost the final. What a great time to be alive. That was brilliant. Actually, Why do you don't imagine they're going to do anything in this? Hopefully not, no. I'd love to see them get knocked out in the group stage. Yeah. I don't know what the fella on the tour said. He goes, uh, we're in a part of what you call the UK. We're part of England, but we're actually an independent uh, something. We're an not. independent nation. Yeah, we're independent Scouse uh, team. Scouse nation. Yeah. I think that's so, fucking you, brilliant. There's more people from Ireland living in Liverpool than there is English people living in Liverpool. Like. <laughs> I fucking love Liverpool. I love the accent. And when your man said you're basically scouts, I'm like, hmm. One of my favourite people from Liverpool, I have to say, he's only recently come, into, come onto the scene anyway, Paddy Pimblett. Who? Paddy Pimblett, Paddy the Baggy. UFC fighter, oh. Paddy Pimblett. Looks like the kid that says, do the roar <laughs> from Strix. But what he said, the reason I love him so much, I think he's fucking hilarious, is he was asked, like, do you have Instagram? No, I don't have Instagram. Fuck off, Zuckerberg, you fucking lizard. <laughs> He's gas now, but I don't know, just something about him where I'm like, I feel like if he loses, he's going to be unpopular. Maybe, like, like, he gets rocked in every single fight he's in, like. Yeah. He's a very good grappler, I have to say, very, very good grappler. It remains to be seen what's going to happen with his career. Hopefully he does well. It's always good to see someone that's good laugh and has a good, uh, good ability to talk do well for himself especially when he's not like an arrogant arsehole he's just pretty funny like he seems like the sort of dude you'd love to have a few points with maybe oh, yeah. even a few burgers I'd say he'd rather the burgers than the points now if you've seen the shape he gets into between fights have you seen him now fucking has like a different person Man, he weighs more than me oh fuck at the minute Paddy Pimple actually weighs more than me that's fucking scary like he fights at 155 pounds I'm pretty sure or 145 he's yeah. walking around at 210 at the minute yeah, Pisa straight after the fucking thing at a press conference. Fucking legend. He was asked <laughs> about that. It's like, what? Why? Like, he's like, the six pack is great and all, but like, I'd rather a pizza or a burger. Yeah, I'd rather be fucking fat and happy. That's what he said. I'd rather be fucking happy or fat and happy. I'd rather be fat and happy. Yeah. Well, there we go. Actually, there's a question for you. Would you rather six pack abs or to be fat and happy? The question <laughs> has been happy. answered. Those on Spotify that don't have access to video. <laughs> Fan happy. Well, I'm well, let's just make your fat. own mind up at home. I am fat, but I'm like I'm not obese. Ah, you're not fat. You're nowhere near obese. Well, technically, you know, I am. You know, Ireland actually is one of the fattest nations in the EU. Gee, that's a shock. Do you think so? Do you really think that's a shock? Have you seen most a lot of people walking around these days, man? Yeah, I've never had to move onto the road while walking down the path so many times in my life. <laughs> Yeah, but think about all the cultures and they walk everywhere and eat fuck all and eat meat and fresh veg grown the gardens and all. Mm. Yeah, but like you're looking at people there, it's it's you're looking at people. Like man, I'm not gonna lie to you. The amount of obese children I've seen these days is fucking beyond belief. And like realistically, it might sound a bit radical here, but it really shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a radical idea. I feel like it should be fucking fine for someone. If your child is obese, Jesus that's not on the child, that's on you. You're pumping them full of shit that's bad for them. Like, you're giving them a hard fucking time and you're going to lead them to have health problems down the future. Like, If they're going to put a tax on smokes, right? Or if they have a tax on smokes and they want to try stop people smoking, maybe stop people... Maybe put a fucking few incentives in there to stop people getting so heavy. Especially if we are one of the heavy or one of the fattest countries in Europe. And that's only the case, I'm pretty sure, because the UK and Scotland aren't... Well, Scotland and England aren't doing anymore. Mm. Like as Wales even a country. <laughs> I was driving through the other day and seeing the fucking names of places. And I'm thinking this. 
I think exactly. whoever, Wales isn't a country, it's a rugby team. Like I think whoever named towns in Wales was absolutely locked because some of them names I know they're doing Welsh and taking the piss here, but some of the names are gas. Have you seen the one where uh, your man, your man, the weatherman, he's like, and we have a slight bit of rain coming over, Google Glock, and it's like about fucking 10 years long, man. It's genuinely about three alphabets put together. Like. Is that the longest we need to, we need town to put name? <laughs> Is that the longest town name where it's like, I think it's, I seen it yesterday, it's like the 58 letter town. Do you know what? I'm going to actually look it up here and I'm going to try read it out and see how fucking, see how we get on with this, right? It's like RAF Mona Ilio Glow Glow Glocker, so I don't fucking know when at this stage, but whoever came up with that, you need to get a hobby like if you can pronounce that, I'll give you a fucking high five. Here we go. The longest town name in Wales is Lanfair Pew Well when 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 Igor Slio Go Go Glock. I would say that's a good effort, but that was shocking. <laughs> You want to say that's good effort? That's the fucking that that's that's that there is the description of the town. That's the fucking name. It takes a four lines. Just so you can all see that at home, we're actually going to put in a little video of your man that says that this guy, right? He has the biggest smile on his face I've ever seen on a, on a weatherman, and I don't fucking blame him because what he did was nothing short of spectacularly impressive. Now today we had a big contrast in temperature across the UK, just 12 degrees over coastal parts of eastern England with cloudy skies, but in the sunshine in northwest Wales at RAF Mona, just up the road from the temperature got to 21 Celsius at 70 in Fahrenheit. If I could pronounce that, I'd literally say it all the time. I would stop yeah, saying it. Yeah, you would. so impressive. Yeah, fucking hell, too right it is, man. Too right. I suppose, right? moving on from there what would you say yeah do you know what I don't even know what I was going to say there who do you think is going to have the strongest transfer window of all the Premier League teams at the moment I'd say probably Chelsea because the fact that you didn't uh, buy anyone because the restrictions or whatever but are we talking as in like how many signs or the quality of signs well strongest really it kind of leaves it open to interpretation for yourself so i don't mind if you want to go with who makes the most signings who spends the most money or who actually does the most for their squad so it, it as i said it's an open-ended question and it's just your opinion so who uh, who, who do you think and you can explain it as well if it just because you know this is going to cause arguments anyway well the best transfer window i think is going to be city be, like it's Haaland. like you can't beat that and then I think Newcastle and probably Chelsea will do a bit because Chelsea, a few players are out of contract, I think. Rudiger is gone, definitely. Yeah, Christensen Alonso is gone. Christensen. Alonso might be gone. Oh, I thought you were going to say lost his cheek, but that's not much of a loss. No. Is Dave gone, is he? Dave. Asby. I, I, oh, I don't know. I think Dave might be gone. You might have to come back on that one. I'm not sure. So they're losing the game. Go a few defenders, so they're gonna have to buy a few. Losing the spine of the defense. Yeah, they might have to get. Well, obviously, I'll get a few defenders. He might get another attacker. What position? I don't know. Newcastle. You said. Sorry, just on Chelsea. Sorry about this. Just on Chelsea. Do you reckon they'll get rid of Lukaku? Oh yeah. Do you think he's gone? Do you think his days are his days? That's better over. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. What an absolute joke. He's a bleeding money laundering fucking player. Like Pogba. Let him, let him go to the events on a free. Buy him back to 90 million. Then let him go on a free again. That is great business. Well done, United. Well done. Oh, United are... Well, see, this is the thing, right? You see United there. There's financial fair play not coming to effect whatsoever. There. Now, I know they turn... Like, I don't imagine United turn a profit based on prize money or based on competition. But let's face it, they're both. Right? Well, when Allo's jersey sell. Ronaldo's jersey selling. Apparently, Pogba, when he first went, when he came to United, you know, for a second spell at United, jersey sales were higher than the cost of Pogba coming to United. There you go. So, yeah. But that doesn't really go straight into the club. And then when you buy a player, it's just not like, right, here's 90 million. It's done over like installments and player performance. Like, what was it? Uh, Villa would have. Villa got 15 million because Grealish won the Premier League and 
No wonder they conceded four or three goals in four minutes. Yeah. There was someone else, if we would have won the league, oh yeah, if we would have won the league, then Wolves would have got extra money from us for Jota. Oh, for Jota, right. Yeah. But for no. a minute there, Luis Diaz hardly played for him, did he? Like, I still think uh, Coutinho was still being paid off by Barcelona to us. Like, it's not just straight up here, the 140 million. It's done over installments over like X years and paying plans and all this show. So, oh, that um, was done. Oops, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. I didn't realize how close I was to the camera. There. Sorry about that. <coughs> but um, <coughs> I'd, I'd say, I'd say, an under some look out for is probably Spores. If Conte is back, I'd say they'd be someone to look out for. But there's the big. That's that's the thing, though. As you said, if Conte is back, yeah, you know, we show again, though in the market that he's really, really astute when it comes to buying players. And not just buying players in terms of developing players. You look what he's done for Kulisevsky. Yeah. Kulisevsky is now a household name and he's been nothing short of phenomenal since arriving in the Premier League. He's revitalised Emerson Royale and Matt Doherty. And I think Emerson Royale is fucking dirt, man. And Matt Doherty. You have to, you have to say that. <laughs> yeah, you have to say Matt Doherty. You know what I mean? Like, he, he got a few goals when uh, Conte came in. But you look at Spurs, man. You, you, I, I'm very surprised Conte isn't up there for manager of the season. They were a shambles under Nuno Espirito Santo. And I like Nuno. I think Nuno is a good manager. He's just not at that level. And even if he was at that level, he's not the name that's going to help Spurs go further because of the carry-on of their players. They're like Chelsea from a few years ago when VS Boas got run out of the club. The players won that dressing room. Do you know what I mean? Now Conte came in and went, right, less of this shit or you're out in your arse. Conte manager this season. That's something to think about. That is something to think about. And, like, who would... I, I know we're kind of jumping here. Back to... We were talking about transfers. Right? You think Chelsea could do damage? You think... Oh, they have to. City, City are going to have the best window, you, you believe, though, yeah? Yes. Well, it's Haaland. Yeah, Haaland. It, it remains to be seen, but he should be the standout signing of the summer. Yeah. This is football we're speaking of, so anything can happen. Who would you reckon should be manager of the season? Like, would you go Conte or would you have a another name throwing there like Eddie Howe, Klopp, fucking... So, I like the options that were given by the Premier League, to be honest. And I like the fact that, what's his name? Um, um, Frank, your man, Thomas Frank. Thomas the Frank engine. <laughs> I thought he was brilliant. I think he's done a stellar job with, uh, with Brentford. I think yes. Eddie Howe has to be given a bit of credit. I, I don't know if he's there long enough to get manager of the season, but when you see the turnaround that he's had with that club and what he's done for the dressing room, the players and the fans. Look, St. James's Park is a cauldron now of noise. It's one of the hard, I'd imagine St. James's is up there with Anfield as probably one of the hardest venues now to go up and take points. And that'll be seen next season if yeah. they're able to keep that sort of spirit alive there. Pep always has to be in for a show. Pep, he does because he's won the league and you always have to have the league winning coach there. Can I name in there for you? Go for it. The one that kicked a fan, El Patrick Vieira. For that, I believe he should get like his own award. The Bruce Lee <laughs> Award. Bruce Lee. I was choked, man. Your man deserved it. Yeah, and genuinely, there's something to talk about here. I know we're talking about managers, but we can lead on to that afterwards. Managers, right? I, I, I honestly think Eddie Howe should be up there for it. Klopp should be up there for a pep. Thomas Frank and Conte would be my five picks. David Moyes misses out slightly just because they didn't get into the Europa League this year. His mm. performance with West Ham in the Europa League this year was amazing. Yeah, it's not it the was. Premier League manager. We're season. talking Premier League manager of the season. So why what? Klopp would get it if Liverpool were to win everything else, but we're not taking it's not an all encompassing award, it's just a league manager award, you know. So, uh, they're my five picks. Would you agree or disagree with any of them? I'd throw Rafa Benitez in there. <laughs> Just well, he didn't get the job. He, he, he almost did, but he didn't get the job done. <laughs> Secret agent Rafa almost did the job. Scouts um, Mackenzie went down. Yeah, I'm just looking through the table here and just saying um, I'd agree with them, yeah. Are we going to try settle on one? Are we just going to leave with them? Well, we can leave it for the comments or we can settle on one here. I don't really mind. It's up to you. I feel like I'd be too biased if I said anyhow. I feel like Thomas Frank is going to be up there, but I'd feel bad if I gave it to him over the other. So I think I might have to say Conte just for 
what he has done to Spurs since arriving there, from the doldrums that they were in to being a Champions League team and making sure St. Tottenham's Day did not come this year. I'm going to give Manager of the Year to Antonio Conte. This is a tough side. I'm not going to give it to Guardiola or Klopp. I'm not going to give it to Vieira. I probably will agree with Gian Conte. The only reason when you, put it into, when you put it into perspective, I, I think Conte is the most realistic choice there. Yeah. I would say Klopp, the fact he's only lost two games all season. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is your decision, man. So don't let me sway you. I'm gonna say Klopp. Yeah, fucking go with Jorgen. Fuck it, hell, Jorgen deserves a fuck. Jorgen. Now, Conte, I have to say, like, he has done wonders since he came to Spurs, and like with that team and that budget, and it's Spurs <laughs> to get the fucking top four Champions League football. Is some going considering how? People hyping up Chelsea, United, Arsenal, start the season, all this, and get them top four. Like it's some achievement, and to have your man, uh, Kul- what's his name? How do you pronounce it? Kulusevski. Kulusevski. Have him. Have he has more goals and assists than Luis Diaz, who's been phenomenal for us. But to turn them around from being spores to Champions League football. Okay. He's a, he's a close second, but I'm going to say Klopp just for the fact that he's lost only two games all season. I know he's drawn eight, but he's only lost two all season. And he's Allison, uh, joint uh, Golden Glove, Salah, joint top assist, Salah, top goal scorer. And they miss out on the league by a point with them three players winning three awards. I'm going to say Klopp, but Conte for what he's done. Outside the top two, can't I get the ball? I have to go with Jurgen. No, look, no complaints there whatsoever. And look, leading into what what we were leading into there a few minutes ago. Look, I just want to say this to the people at home. I'm not trying to cut across Aaron. Aaron's not trying to cut across me. But we did make an agreement before this was recorded that we were going to try stay away from the tangents and we were going to try stay on point. <laughs> so right, it's very hard for us to do. It is, but to get on to our next tangent. Our next cha- tangential point. <laughs> what are you? What do you make of the pitch invasions that are going on? I, I have a very strong opinion on it, and you've heard my opinion on it previously. Maybe even on the podcast, I've said it previously. But like, it's getting in my eyes. It's getting way too out of hand, and there needs to be something really done with it. Like, and I don't think fines are the way to go with it because clubs will pay fines. That's no problem. It's only a matter of time. Like you're looking at, look at that City game at the weekend. The I'm goal was really surprised that happened. To be honest, I really Rob... am surprised. Well, look at what happened to Robin Alton. That's the Villa goalkeeper was getting yeah. punched in the face. Like that's a fucking disgrace. Billy Sharp got speed loafed. Billy Billy Sharp got knocked into the fucking the upside down. I think it's looking ridiculous. at Vieira disasparity kicked somebody. Yeah, I'd leave the Roy Keane hit the nail on the head when Roy Keane said scumbags. He yeah. hit the, in my eyes, he hit the nail on the head. Leave, if you're going to go around doing things like that, you deserve to be in prison. I'd leave pitch invasions to the guy because they're amateur players. You're literally going on. Yeah, a few pictures like they're just. But for Premier League, there should be a standard there. Player safety, because you know, like it's game football is different. Guys, like you don't. Ever see that? Bar that one occasion where the ref cost me or allowed the Lancer, but that's a different story. But and it's Crow Park. It should be kept just a guy because it's more community based. It's more blah blah blah. There's no like fighting rivals sit together all the shit. But in the Premier League and the English football, it's shocking. Like after the Liverpool game, well, not after about. Five ten minutes before the game was over, the surrounding pitch of Anfield was full of stewards. Like no one was getting by. There was stewards, guards, well, police, all around the 
perimeter of the pitch and no one was getting on. And when I seen that there was a pitch invasion in the Etihad, or the Etihad, I should say, I was actually really surprised that that happened and there wasn't measures put in like at Anfield. Yeah, I'd say we're more surprised to see fans there. That too. Yeah. But the fact that uh, this last game of the season, they're going to win the league, they're going to show up, unlike what they did for the parade, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go, yeah. I'm actually really surprised that he didn't have measures put in place like Liverpool. Like, literally, there was no gaps around the pitch at all. And, like, with Anfield is, it's not one of those where, like, there's a barrier or a big advertising board to stop you going on the pitch. Like, the advertising board is literally, like, about a foot high, if even. Like, you could easily get on the pitch at Anfield. Like, you could step over it in a heartbeat, but... It's one of the easiest places to get on the pitch, but it, it never happens. But to see so many stewards there and on the pitch, and then we're seeing what happened at the Etihad, I was like, do they ever have measures in place to prevent this? The fucking goal gets broken. The keeper got attacked. Like, even if Liverpool won the league, there was never going to be a pitch invasion with the amount of stewards there. Not a hope. No, well, that's the thing. Like, and it's just, it shows a bit of respect. And you're looking at City are a team that won the league four out of the last five years. And you think oh, the fans would be able to you think the fans would be able to control themselves. Yeah. Now we're not saying it's every fan. Everyone clearly knows it's not every fan. But a few bad apples can really ruin the bunch in this, like, especially on something like this, because you're looking at people that are gonna end up getting seriously injured. And how long is it before and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, how long is it before a player gets seriously, seriously assaulted, gets stabbed, or gets viciously injured? gets concussed, gets a bone broken. Like, how long, when is too much, too much? When are people going to actually go and take this seriously yeah. and say player safety and fan safety is paramount? Because believe you me, if I was on that pitch and I was a player and fans came over and start going to try punch the head off me, I would kick them with the studs where the sun doesn't fucking shine. You know what I mean? I'm it's sorry also, about you, mate. It's a fan you, me, as well. you will not have kids. That is how this works. It's also a fan health and safety as well. Like, if you have thousands of people trying to rush onto a pitch, they're going to be hopping over seats, hundreds of thousands trying to get down the stairs. Like, it, it's going to cause, it probably will cause injury to some fans as well. Because I know it, there's, it's supposed to be built for like four or five years, possibly all these people out quickly and all, but when you have people jumping over seats and running down the stairs, like, Something will happen. Look, not to bring up the past in a horrible way, but you're looking at there's a possibility like the Hillsborough disaster happened and that wasn't a pitch invasion, that was overcrowding. Yeah. You're looking at something akin to that could fucking happen. And you're people are talking about it. Enough people are talking about it to know that it's not a good thing to do. You know? Look, unless get they start it. putting in measures against it, unless they start putting in real deterrence for the clubs and for the fans, it's going to keep happening. In my view, I believe the best course of action would be any team that had a pitch invasion, <coughs> excuse me, should be docked points going into the following season. Yeah, but then you have, you might get some fans who will go to a Royals stadium just go on the pitch to get them points deducted, like. You can't police that. Well, there's an, another way of policing it. Any fan that does decide to do a pitch invasion should receive a lifetime ban, not just from that stadium, but from attendance at any game in the football league. Just get a football fan to do it for you. There is ways around it, unfortunately, but... There is. I, and I, I can see it going back to the days where there's going to be fencing around the stadium or around the pitches. The Crow Park. No one wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. That takes away from the atmosphere. You don't want to have people caged up. But unfortunately, if a few idiots can't behave themselves, everyone else is gonna to have to be everyone else is gonna to have to be punished for it. That's the sad reality of it. Like, you know, as I one said, the, a few bad apples can really ruin the bunch. It's one of the worst things about the hill is having that fucking screen in front of the hill. It's horrible. Fucking two no, it's a three meter high plastic out. Once it's sunny out and you're down the front, you can't see a blading thing, but what I will say, I'm a bit of a hypocrite about pitch evasions because when Bowers qualified for, I oh, went through to the final of the FA Cup last year. The, yeah, last year, same finals in Delhi, you know, second leg, and we won it within the, like, the last minute of the game. 
there was a pitch invasion then and I was on the pitch, held my hands up, but I think the League of Ireland's a bit different than the fucking Premier League to be honest. And like there's no Was anyone attacked? No. Was any player assaulted? No. And that's the difference. No, but I still feel a bit like a hypocrite saying this when I'm, I actually done it last year. Now what I feel like emotions getting the better of you. You want to fucking go on hug your players, hug them, fucking random people besides you and all this, but what's been going on over abroad, overseas? What's it been like four or five results in the past two weeks alone? And the rest. More, yes. Yeah. So, like, there you go. Um, it's ridiculous, but I get it. Emotions come into it. You want to celebrate your fucking adrenaline kicks in, but at the same time, it probably would have been more enjoyable if, if you let the players celebrate the way they did and um, you enjoy yourself in the stand and get things done quicker. And I don't, there's a time and place for and for Premier League football and to assault other players, there's no place for it. If you no, go on with the intention of like, there's, there's even another video as well. Who was it? Um, what player was it? Was it Zaha or Benteke? Someone ran onto the pitch. And start like giving abuse, shoving their phone in their face, like recording them and giving them the finger. And that was that was the era. No, there was someone, I, I know it happened to be able to the players either Sal or Benteke or both, maybe. But fans run onto the pitch, and I found they were like, Fucking, yeah, you're looking, you're looking at reaction, you <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, but what's been happening, is, like it's really is shocking. You shouldn't be assaulting players, and you see the stewards running on to fucking trying to prevent players being injured, trying to surround them and get them off. Like, you can see um, when players score and they're running over to the crowd, the stewards are straight in to separate them. Like, you can't go over and celebrate with the crowd because it causes people to run down and call out what will happen and prevent injury and all this. Like, there is a lot of health and safety, and how do you please how do you stop it? You can't say get more stewards, then you're gonna have fucking in line of stewards around the perimeter at every game and there's costs to that and there's you don't wanna feel like you're being barricaded into the stands, but there has to be something that can be going about this because these assaults have to stop because it is ridiculous and hopefully the people that do that has assaulted players get proper done for it and get a few years because it is ridiculous scumbag behaviour. How do you police it? I don't know, but something has to be done about it. You're right. That thing, like, you see a few things where Rear's getting broke, kicks out, fair enough. But the thing that's just playing in my mind is what happened to your man, Bruce Shark, and speed loaf. Wasn't just standing there, and your man just loves him. He was running proper speed loaves him. Like, whole momentum, whole body weight through his head. It was basically, it was a loaf, he went head to head with him. And his momentum, his body went through him. And he was just standing there, like, I say that hat to hold. And that fella was a large fella. Yeah, he was a big fucker. He was, he was a big dude, like. And you could, like, you're looking at that man, that could have killed him, like. Yeah. It really could have, like. And, like, you have to, like, you have to think about it. In the moment, it's look, all well and good. Most takes over and bait a pitch. There's no there's no excuse for assaulting someone doing their job. Your man got you charged know, for it. If you buy something in the shop and you're really excited at the, about the price you get, you don't run around the shop attacking fucking shop workers. Yeah. There's a 30 year old man that assaulted Billy Sharp. It says it all, really. That's a 30 year old man. It's not a child. It's a fucking moron. I thought I'd seen somewhere that you got fucking... You got jailed for it. You got charged or something. I'm trying to see how long you got for it. There. Uh, Forrest sees to take a holder. Robert Biggs, who's 30, pleaded guilty to assault. What's that occasion? Whatever. Actual body harm and was jailed for 24 weeks. Should have been 10 years, man. Was ordered to pay five hundred euro compensation to Billy Sharp, eighty five pounds cost, and one hundred twenty eight pound victim sole charge. And Biggs, who's not in Forest fan, ah, oh, Biggs, who not in Forest, have said will be banned for life. 
was also given a 10-year football banning order. So he's been banned for life from Forest, 10-year ban for football, and jailed for 24 weeks, which is not enough. No, it's really not enough. It's not good enough. When you're going to look at... I paid 500 pounds. Typically sure. 500 pounds. 500 pounds. That's more of a slap in the face to Billy Sharp than anything else, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I know. Look what happened when fucking uh, Bar cost us the league with Rodri. All we got was apologies, so I'm saying nothing. No, there you go. There you go. <laughs> fucking apologies, I'll be bleeding dead or wankers cost us the league. Yeah, well, that's all it is, isn't it? Yeah. So there's a lot of problems in football at the minute, but I feel like we have to take a step back there today and actually sit down and look at it. And like, it, that sort of shit just shouldn't be happening, you know? And it's, it's sad to see it because like football is a game everyone should be there to enjoy. The fans, the players. You do things like that and you have to start looking at what, like how do we start keeping people safe rather than how can people go to this game and enjoy it. I'd say the safe standing in Anfield Road and my arse is killing me from sitting on the bar from leaning back on it. But it was fucking deadly to have safe standing there. I couldn't sit. You've seen the picture, Shane. You've seen the picture of me sitting, well, trying to sit in the sea. Fuck all leg room, perhaps say safe standing was deadly. When a goal went in, they're trying to celebrate, excuse me, you can actually properly celebrate and feel safe without falling over. And hopefully that it's implemented in more grounds and around Anfield, like in the cop. I'm not saying like every section, but like sections where you're going to have fans to see a section in the fucking where the atmosphere is and whatever. Just to feel safe because if, if they weren't there, if you stood up, the chair in front of you was like shin level. So it, you're easy going to go to the fella in front of you. You're not yeah. careful. So I'm kind of glad to say standing was in where I was because I was able to stand the whole game. So I said to Stuart, like, is all right if I stand the whole game? So I actually cannot physically sit down in these seats. He goes, yeah, it's it's a safe, uh, I don't know what the word she used, but she says it's a safe seated area. So you should you'd be grand. I was like, I feel bad for the people behind me from standing in there, sitting or whatever, but luckily everyone was standing the whole game and it makes the atmosphere like, you know, yourself being on the hill or fucking whatever, you can't create an atmosphere sitting down, you have to get up fucking throwing the scarf around and fucking giving it large and you can't create an atmosphere sitting down, so I'm kind of glad that Safe Dan was there in the Afield Road end. Oh, yeah. You know, look, just talking about pitch invasions there, football isn't the only place where people seem to be getting attacked lately while they're performing. Have you seen the video of Dave Chappelle on stage getting attacked? Is that where your man got a broken arm off his bodyguards? It was bent. Your man got, the fella got danced on afterwards and he deserved every kick he got. Like. Yeah. Did you hear Chris Rock as well? The Chris Rock apparently said it was, it was there. He came out was like, oh shit, was that Will Smith? I've <laughs> <laughs> yeah. seen the clip of it. Your man got dragged down. And I've seen him leaving the going into the ambulance. And his arm was bent backwards. His fucking cup grew. So I was like, huh, deserved it. Deserved every single kick he got. Look, yeah. Ah, I don't. I don't know what goes through people's mind. Well, like you know, it's. People don't pay to see, like, this is another thing, but people don't pay, aren't paying to see you go up and slap someone or go up and headbutt someone or go and attack someone. They're going to pay and see a football game or a comedian or a singer or a show. They don't need to be interrupted. People don't need to be getting attacked while they're doing their job. Like, you Once know, you're just sitting just, in the office, someone come over to slap you. <laughs> to do their job, like. Yeah, but I probably deserve it. <laughs> That's the baby. That's the one. No, but not me. Like you go to a comedy show or go to a game, and not even like after the final whistle or whatever. But no, only see like pitch evasions, like streakers, or people want to pitch get a selfie or try to get a jersey. Like fuck off. Because let's say uh, Barcelona's playing, and you see people want to or Ronaldo even. You see people run onto the pitch to get a selfie or ask for a jersey or ask for this and that, blah, blah, blah. It's almost as bad as carrying a fucking sign. I remember I was, I was giving out about this saying, uh, signs that matches saying, can have your short and all. 
and I felt bad for saying it, but the amount of people I've seen that agree with that, I'm like, huh, I don't feel like a cunt anymore. Yeah. But before we wrap it up, I'm going to go through the league table here, and I want you to say if people have overachieved or underachieved or achieved what is expected. Okay. So obviously, you want to start with Man City. Were they, ex- were they overachieving, underachieving, or, or I can't say unachievable, or achieving what they expect to, to achieve? I think they've done the expected. Liverpool. You know what? Taking into account how far they've gone in every other tournament, I feel like they've overachieved. I'm going to agree with that because at the start of the season, when the opponents were giving their predictions, they were putting Liverpool fourth and fifth. One or two opponents actually put them in the top two, let alone second. So the fact that we played every game and finished second and only lost two games, I'm going to say we overachieved. <laughs> that's fucking phenomenal. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous for Chelsea. I think Chelsea underachieved this year. And mainly down, my, my theory on why that happened was, and it's nothing to do with Abramovich, it's to do with Ben Chilwell and Reese James being injured for a youth part of the season, not being able to play with the wing-backs in the way that Thomas Tuchel really likes to play and having to be stuck with using um, Marcus Alonso for most of the season at left full, like our left wing back. That's I honestly think they've underachieved, but that's more so down to injuries rather than poor management or anything like that. Yeah, I agree with that one. Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur have overachieved because Tottenham are our Tottenham and they're usually fucking useless. <laughs> I agree there. Arsenal. Arsenal. Well, I think Arsenal have underachieved because they had no European football this year and have ruined their one chance in the next few years of getting into the Champions League. Now, bear in mind, next year they're probably going to struggle in the league. Um, I know they have a young squad and the squad will improve, but at the end of the day, they're going to have to play more games, even if they do get knocked out in the group stage of the Europa League. Um, but I just don't see them doing very well in the Premier League next year. I feel that there's too many teams that are going to come on strong and they're going to overtake them and they've really really missed out and messed up this year. I feel like Arsenal are gonna are not gonna do anything in transfer window, so they're gonna be stuck with the same squad and you can't really kick on from there, but you know it. Well they've overachieved. They didn't finish in the relegation zone, so <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they underachieved because people are back then to finish top four and they're finishing sixth behind Arsenal. Which is shocking. Yeah, no, that's obviously taking the piss. They've completely underachieved, I think. He finished on 58 points. He finished basically 30, over 30 points behind us. (laughs) That's phenomenal. That probably would have got them third in the league back in Ferguson's day. Yeah, they say nothing. (laughs) Um, West Ham finishing seventh. You know what? I feel like they finished exactly where I thought they would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably would have got six, but I'd say it's about right for what they done this season. Leicester City. Leicester City. I can't. They finished eight, did they? Yeah. I'm a bit shocked by that because I thought Leicester were very, very underwhelming for most of the season. Yeah, underachieved. Eighth place finish is a lot better than I thought they were going to do. Well, it's actually, you know what? That That's just not true. I thought Leicester would have pushed on as they had the last few years. And at least probably brought it to the wire in terms of Champions League or Europa League. So yeah. I think it's an underachievement from Leicester this season. Great. Brighton finishing ninth. Brighton and Hove Albion, one of the strangest football clubs in the Premier League when it comes to form. They somehow know how to pull off a 1-1 draw against every team in the league, even from winning positions. Honestly, I, I think they've overachieved because I just didn't see them finishing anywhere above 14th, really. Wolverhampton Wanderers finishing 10th. Wolves, in my opinion, underachieved because of how good of a start Bruno Large had. Uh, I think that's how you say his name. Bruno Large, he, uh, he started off the season so well that at the back, they were nothing short of spectacular for most of the season, and they tapered off. I feel like they have underachieved this season. I expected a bit more from Wolves. Yeah, you probably expect like an eighth, maybe finish, maybe a place or two higher. That's where you expect them. 
Yeah. Go on to your team in 11th, Newcastle United. Newcastle United definitely overachieved this season. <laughs> I definitely have to say that. You can't say they didn't when they had uh, the kebab man, the cabbage head, Steve Bruce at the helm for zero wins and five points until our Lord and Saviour, Edward Howe, Sir, soon to be <laughs> Sir Edward Howe, came along and made all the difference. So I think that's a fierce overachievement from Newcastle, even though it's probably the same position they finished in, in the last two years. Crystal Palace and their part of the year finishing 12th. I feel like they've overachieved compared to what they thought. I thought they were going to do at the start of the season. I thought, I, honestly, I thought Vieira, I was like, when I looked at it, I was like, shit, he's going to be another Frank De Boer. I, I felt like he was going to lose his first few games and the dressing room would turn on him. But honestly, I, I'm delighted with how it's turned out for Patrick Vieira. He's shown himself to be a really, really good manager, made some really astute signs. And honestly, I think they've overachieved for where I thought they were going to finish. Mate, they're three points off ninth. If they were won a game that they lost, they would have finished ninth. Exactly. Like a goal difference in the three teams ahead of them. Yeah, exactly. That's fucking mad. Brentford finishing 14th. That's a complete overachievement. And as I said, huge props to Thomas Frank. That's why, in my head, he's up there in the top five managers in the league this season. People probably expect him to go back down, but... Yeah. And you look at their form before they signed Eric, uh, Ericsson and after they signed Ericsson. And the fact that they did sign Christian Ericsson made it one of the most feel-good moments and one yeah. of the most feel-good stories of football history. What a, what a man. What a player. I'm absolutely delighted for Brentford. Aston Villa finishing 14th, a point behind Brentford. For the money they spent, that's a, a very fierce overachievement. Uh, underachievement. Oh, yeah. Under, sorry. <laughs> underachievement. <laughs> Totally. 15th place is Southampton, five points off, Phil. I thought they were going to go down, so honestly, that's an overachievement in my eyes. Mm, yeah, I'd agree with that. And then my favourite in 16th place is the Merseyside Blues of Everton. I'm 39 points, of, points behind Southampton. Well, I feel like they... Obviously, I have to say they underachieved. Everything would be traditionally Massively. a mid-table mid to lower, lower, like lower top ten um, yeah. team. Usually, somewhere between sixth and twelfth is where they'd finish. So, massive underachievement this year, and it'd be interesting to see how long Frank Lampard gets. Because honestly, I don't really rate him too highly as a manager. Here do I. And then a point. No, seriously, I feel like they could have done a lot better. <laughs> yeah. And then a point behind everything is that that's team of Leeds United. Marching on together. You never forget your first. Um, honestly, they underachieved. They completely underachieved, but it was a great thing that they set up. Yeah, delighted. Burnley in 18th. Can you even call that an underachievement because of the lack of investment in the club? No. I was say probably expected. <laughs> as, as expected. And the other two, before you even ask, lads, is we're going down before the season even fucking That's started. Expected. And we'll see us in two, we'll see you next year in the yeah. oh, we'll see you next year in the championship and the following year in the Premier League. Yeah, that was expected. So that's pretty much a wrap up of the Premier League season. Wrap it up here, will we? For this we could wrap it up here, but I have one question and one question only to finish off on, and that is for the people at home and for you right there sitting right in front of me. Champions League final. Not who's going to win. I want the score. What are we thinking? After the end of the tour, listen to a man and talk about like what happened previously, how we've won x trophies in that season, played at Madrid and Paris and whatever. I've done a bet. And I don't want to say it because I don't want to jinx it. Okay. Okay. But I will reveal it after the final. Well, you can show us the bets, Luke. Yeah. I'm going to so, say 3 Liverpool. That is ambitious. Well, no, not really. I think 3 1 would make sense. Fucking I feel hell. like Ben. Ben's a well, it's a reverse of what happened the last time you, you guys played against them. I feel like your team has only gotten better and Real Madrid, realistically, have only gotten weaker. They've gotten older. They haven't replenished the squad. Although they do have amazing young players like Camavinga and 
Rodrigo and Vinicius. You know, I just don't see them as nearly as strong as that Liverpool side. I know they've had a, a bit easier over the last few weeks and that could be what turns the tide. But I can see a goal from Benzema and Salah coming back to haunt Real Madrid for the game that he didn't get to play previously. We have, a fully, fist we have a fully fit squad, then it'll be a good game. But look, stay tuned. Give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. And I will upload the best slip on Sunday or Saturday night. And drop us a DM. Give us a follow. Do something. It's free, takes two seconds, move the world to us, share it around, like it, fucking do wherever you can. If you have any guests you want to come on, even come on yourself, hit us up and report I underscore King Kelly or something on Instagram. Cause it's 07, yeah. yeah. Robin Cunt. I'm after you. I already have your address. And as Aaron said, bye-bye kneecaps. <laughs> That's it bye, guys, leave your comments down below and let us know what you think Aaron's bet is in Oh, well, what Aaron's bet slip is going to read and if you think his bet is going to come off. Ladies and gentlemen, from the after session, the boys are saying sayonara. <laughs>